The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. Welcome to Prescriptions for Healing Conflict. I'm Lloyd. I'm the show's engineer, and your host is Mari Frank. Mari's been an attorney mediator for 26 years, and during that time she's resolved thousands of disputes as a neutral conflict healer. She's a member of the Orange County Superior Court Mediation Panel, and she's been a law professor of negotiations and mediation and presently teaches negotiations right here at UCI. She's the author of Negotiations Breakthroughs and co-author of Stepping Stones to Success and several other books. To listen to previous interviews, see upcoming guests, download podcasts, and learn more, visit www.conflicthealing.com. So Mari, what's your show about today? Lloyd, our show today is about how to focus on solutions. You know, people like to complain, people like to focus on the problem, but we've got a wonderful book here that i am got right in my hand with a smiley face on it, and it's called No Problem, How to Focus on Solutions. And um, actually, Andy Field of ABC Radio says, No Problem is like the Reader's Digest of Self-Help. So we have a wonderful guest joining us all the way from one of my favorite cities in the world, Sydney, Australia. Oh, it's like a a little San Francisco with the weather of Southern California. You cannot beat it. It's just fabulous. So let me tell you a little bit about Elizabeth Hanley, who is the author of this really wonderful book called No Problem. Elizabeth Hanley was born in a small seaside town in Montenegro, Europe. And then as a child, she was profoundly affected by her visits to the library, and she just found unending freedom while exploring new worlds in the books that she read. And so she escaped to the University of Queensland and got her BA degree, and she continued to study at the University of Technology, Queensland, and completed a postgraduate diploma in library and information science. And her subsequent career as a senior research librarian uh, was encompassed corporate, educational, and public libraries. And during all those professional years, Elizabeth just experienced life-changing problems that quickly hit one right after another. Doesn't that happen to us often in life? And she decided to embark on a monumental research effort that resulted in her own profound personal transformation. She studied over 200 self-help books, and out of this study, she distilled her four simple tips that are the basis for her book, No Problem, and then the subtitle is How to Focus on Solutions. And Elizabeth is with us. Uh, She lives with her husband and dogs in beautiful Sydney, and uh, she's now a full-time author with a hobby of building her own library, which sounds great. Thank you so much for joining us all the way from beautiful Sydney, Australia. Hello, Mari. Well, thank you for, for inviting me to, to your show. So I, I understand that, you know, you had some profound changes. Were, were you involved in a lot of conflict in your own life 
that you wanted to find some resolution to? Well, actually, the the, the, the starting point for my, my um, as you say, my big my research effort was uh, at work. I was actually a team leader. I had a small team of about uh, 10 staff, and I was in a large organization. At the time, uh, we were going through a recession here in Australia, and we were told one in three of us would lose our jobs. Mm. Now, as you can, might understand, yeah, people were very upset, very disappointed. Staff morale plummeted to an all-time low. And as a, as a, as a manager for my section, I, I felt a bit hopeless, like I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to help them, and I didn't know how to help myself. And being a research librarian, I decided to find ways that I could be of service to my staff and actually help myself get through that period. Yes. And sometimes when we get to the depths of our soul where things are really rough, that's when we find the solutions. And like they say, in every problem lies the heart of the solution. So that's, that's uh, you know, when I do mediation with people, I sit down with people who are in conflict and I told them that what we're doing is solutioneering. You know, I just coined that word because when you talk about even problem solving, people think, oh, problem, it sounds bad. But solutioneering has a, has a different flavor for it and a different energy. So that's, uh, I really got a kick out of that when I got a hold of your book too, because it does focus on solutions. It's, it's exactly um, the kind of thing that, that is so helpful to people. So you were yes, born, yeah, actually, yeah, go ahead, I'm sorry. Sorry, I did read about uh, your solutioneering on, on your website, and I thought, what a brilliant word, solutioneering, and um, that's exactly how we should have our minds um, set to when we're, when we're looking at problems. Yes, yes, and, you know, people come to me when they're very angry at other people, right? They're, they want to blame the other person, and... They want to say, you did this and you did that. But, you know, I keep telling them, you know, I don't have a time machine. <laughs> so I can't go back and I can't take you back to that time and have everybody do something differently. So, you know, it is what it is. And we got to deal with it right now. You know, we can't keep focusing on what we can't do anything about. Right. And, yes, and- that's correct. And as you're saying, when there is conflict between two people, and I mentioned this in my book. One of the um, the things that I've learned that it's helped me a lot comes from Stephen Covey, and he says, first seek to understand, then to be understood." Yes. And I remember reading something on your website, and you and you say something very similar, like, "To listen is to understand; to understand is to relate." And that's the sort of thing we need to do. And we we won't feel like it when you're when you're upset with someone. You don't feel like relating to them and trying to understand them, but you need to do that to, to find your way to solutions. Right, and, and that is so true because if you listen to someone, they're going to listen back. You know, if you give them the gift of listening, then that is usually going to be reciprocal, that if you've really listened, you repeat back to them so that they know that you've listened, then they're going to be more open to listen to you and and hopefully by then you can understand and then once you understand you can say oh that's what you're thinking well i'm thinking this how can we make this work now so yes yes it's, you're very very that's correct it's funny how when people feel understood they're a lot more open to to listening to you and understanding you i think when we don't feel understood we close off and and we just spend our time trying to get our point of view across. And we know our point of view. 
we know how we feel, it is important to, 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 to step back and say, okay, I know how I feel. Let me see if I can understand how the other person feels. Yes. And sometimes you may feel the same. I, I, there are times yeah. when I'm, for example, when I'm doing a, a divorce mediation, for example, where finally I'll get them to say what you're really feeling and the husband will say, well, I feel unloved. I feel unappreciated. I feel uncared about. And then the wife will say, well, I feel exactly the same way. <laughs> and then I say, oh, look at all the common interests you have. <laughs> so often yeah. we do feel that way. We're fearful. We're scared. We're hurt. And and sometimes we aren't able to express those feelings. That is difficult. And the thing is, when you when you do have a problem, um, your feelings will be negative. Because nobody likes problems. So um, the problem with having problems is dealing with those negative feelings and moving on to more helpful feelings, more helpful thinking. And yes. I, I, that's what I was hoping the book would do: help people see their problems differently, get them out of this negative thought patterns, move them on to more helpful thought patterns. Yes. And I, I love, I love that. I, I love the colors on the front of the book. And I love that you got this happy face too, because it's like, you know, we could look at, it's, it's almost like, well, is the, is your glass half empty or is the glass half full? You know, is this a problem to be solved or is this a solution to be created or to be realized? You know, I mean, it, that's, it's just how we, you know, our semantics makes a difference, too. Now, I, I noticed that you were born in Montenegro with a very traditional family. So um, did you have to come over, overcome some attitudes uh, to become a career woman? And what, what was that all about in your early age? Well, it's funny you should mention that because I remember um, when I got into university, I was actually so excited and I was very happy. And I, I told my parents and and they said, oh, that's nice, dear. When are you getting married? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, all that hard work, and uh, you want to know when I'm getting married. I'm thinking, okay, <laughs> I'll yeah. get back to you on that. <laughs> so um, it was very much like uh, a hobby to them. University was a hobby, and uh, my real life would start when I got married. So I, I didn't actually get married till a lot later, so I was a little bit of a disappointment in that sense. <laughs> right. Well, you... You were a pioneer woman then, to some extent, uh, changing changing from what your traditional values were. But how about the researching? And, and um, when you did all your research and your writing for No Problem, how did that change you personally? Well, I, I'm a totally different person now than I was back then. I remember back then I was single. I, I actually didn't have many problems, and I, w I wasn't very happy. Well, now um, I'm married and I've written this book. And as you would know, the more you do, the more problems come into your life. And I'm actually a lot happier, <laughs> So, which goes to prove it's not problems that decide whether you're happy or not. It's how you see them, perceive them, how you deal with them. And so I learned a lot about how to see problems differently. And that's why I wrote the book, because there's a lot of amazing information out there. It's in a lot of books from um, from well-known authors like Stephen Covey, Anthony Robbins, Dr. Phil. But unfortunately, there's a lot, and people don't have time to read all those books or don't have time to sit down and look through all the information. And they miss out on these valuable and insightful and um, very, very um, easy-to-implement ideas into their life. And that's what I hope to do, get all these amazing tips and advice from these amazing authors and put it into one book that's very easy to read 
so people go, oh, oh, oh I love this author, or oh, this is what um, Dr. Phil says, and yes, I can understand his point of view. So it is like, um, as, as um, Anthony Field said, it is like a bit of a reader's digest of self-help. Yeah, it's when you synthesize and make things easy for people, it's uh, it's very helpful because every each one of us is unique and we all have a slightly different perspective on all these things and can synthesize them. Now, when you can you give us an example of how you handle your own problems or issues now, maybe differently than you did before you did all this research? The first thing I do is I actually use the four simple tips in the book. And um, how I came about getting the tips is when I was researching, I, I read over 200 books and I took notes. I had a whole folder full of notes with great information. I remember thinking, how am I going to remember all this? Right. And so I decided to put them under four simple tips. So all I had to do was remember the tip and I would remember the, the valuable lesson behind the tip. So I do that uh, all the time. I use one of my tips when I'm stuck in a problem. Probably the tip that, that's helped me the most is what I call the ownership tip. I remember before I learned this tip, I used to blame other people or I used to feel sorry for myself and, and think, why is life unfair? And when I learned about the ownership tip, I learned that when I own the problem, when I decide that I will do what I can do for myself about the problem and not for, wait for someone else to fix it or, or, or complain about life being unfair, that I can actually solve problems. I have the power to solve them. Yeah, and it's very empowering, isn't it? When you stop blaming someone else, when you blame someone else, you're a victim, aren't you? When you say, exactly. oh, it's your fault that you did this to me, I think yeah. that is so disempowering. When you say, okay, this is my part of it, I own it, I'm accountable for it, I take responsibility, I can apologize for what I did that, that hurt you, or I can apologize what I did that wasn't helpful to the situation, um, I'll, I'll own my part of it. And, and yeah. that's, that's really, I think, a great tip. That's your second tip. Let's kind of go over a little bit about your tips. I know you go in greater depth in the book and you got some cute cartoons. But um, let's, let's kind of go through the four tips because I think that, that'll really help my audience and get them excited about getting your book. The first one is um, define the problem. So can you give us a little bit more of what you mean by that? Yes, the defined tip is about seeing it as it is, not worse than it is. Now, when we run into a problem, it, it, it puts us into a negative state. It, um, we can be overwhelmed with negative thinking. Now, this doesn't help us find solutions. And what we need to do is, is move from that negative thinking trap into more helpful thinking, saying, okay, um, this is what it is. It's not the end of the world. It doesn't mean things are going to get worse. It doesn't mean that I'm never going to be happy. So we tend to sort of um, make things worse than they really are. So defining the problem means looking at it for what it is and, and not getting getting carried away with your negative thinking and, and being dramatic about, um, oh, things are going wrong and why is all this happening to me? And that's really important because when you see the problem for what it really is, it's not as bad, and you think, oh, I can deal with this, it'll be okay. And when you look at it in that way, when you're trying to define the problem, then you really look into it and try and understand the problem. If you get yes, all upset about something, you're not really understanding it. You're freaking out too much that you don't even have the, 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 the mindset to be able to really understand all the ramifications of it. I know people Correct. will when come... Yeah, like in a panic, like my daughter will call me, oh, mom, this, 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 and I'm going, 
Okay. You know, you're in a panic. So let's, yeah. let's go through it one little step at a time. Help me understand what, what is the problem? Then I can ask the questions and we look at it and we go, okay, now we've analyzed the problem, right? And yes, correct. So when you, when you're in a panic in a negative state, you're not looking uh, for solutions. You're stuck in the problem. Yes. You're you're focused on on all the negatives of what's happening, and that's not going to lead you to a solution. So we need to get out of that negative state, and by defining it, we actually, by looking at it properly, we actually go, oh, well, you know, look, I'm just just panicking, I'm overreacting. Right. You know, I'm not, this isn't about the problem, this is about me panicking. So I'll calm down, I'll just look at it and, and see what's really going on. And our negative emotions really start to rule us, and our higher self can say, okay, I know you're scared, I know you're fearful, I know you're sad, or I know you're frustrated, or I know you're angry, that's okay, so we'll accept that, you know, we'll accept that those are happening, but now we need to really understand what's going on, and before when you were talking about recognizing it is what it is, uh, you know, when I get upset about something, I have a mantra, besides it is what it is, I tell myself, all suffering comes from not accepting what is. And I can't remember who said that quote. I don't know if it was Buddha or, or Gandhi or somebody, but somebody important, more important than me <laughs> said, all suffering comes from not accepting what is. And I yeah, thought it was correct. so profound, you know? That, that's very true. That's very correct, yes. So with, with me, when I run into a problem, and I, I have negative reactions, of course, I'm human, I always change my focus to the tips because I know that'll that'll divert my thinking. That'll shift me from getting overwhelmed with negative um, thinking, and I, I start thinking the tips. I try to, to divert my mind to a creative or more structured thought pattern. And in the book, with when with the defined problem, I also talk about the categories that um, they come from COVID that that problems belong to. And when you know what category your problems in. You can see your way to a solution more clearly. Yes, and it gives you a strategy. So the first yes. trip was a tip was defining the problem. And the, sec- the second tip was owning the problem. The third tip is face the truth with helpful thinking. So what did you mean by that? Facing the truth. Now, this is really important because a lot of times problems aren't solved because people don't face the truth. And it's very difficult to know what the truth is when you're very negative and emotional because you're not thinking clearly. So with facing the truth, what I've done is ask questions in the book that will help you step back and look at the problem differently, not, not through your negative thoughts or through your bad past experiences. And these questions are really meant to start you thinking about when what I'm saying to myself true is what I'm thinking true. And it's really important to check our beliefs and our perceptions sometimes because what we believe may not be true. We may have believed it for many years and think it is true, but when, when you really look at it, some things we believe are not actually true. We just think they're true. Right. Or you think you, you think that you know what someone is thinking about you, you know, to cause the yeah. problem. And, and you know that, that old adage, Assume if you assume you make a you know what ass of you and me right, so uh, assuming is probably one of the most dangerous reactions when you get upset is to assume, at least from my perspective. (laughs) You're right. Assuming is one of the biggest biggest uh, problems we have because when you assume and if you're in a negative state, you're obviously going to assume negative 
stinks. Right. We're going to assume the worst. And that's not necessarily what's going on. So it's very important to, to step back and look at the situation, not from um, an emotional perspective, from a negative thinking perspective, but from a perspective of what's really going on here. And as I mentioned before, there are questions in the book that will help you look at things a bit more objectively, that will help you look at what you're thinking and, and how you're seeing the problem. Yes. And we're speaking right now to our wonderful author, Elizabeth Hanley, who is in beautiful Australia. She lives in Sydney, Australia, and we're talking at her about her book, which is called No Problem, How to Focus on Solutions. So we talked about the first three tips. Let's go to the fourth tip, which is keep the balance by using perspective. So what, what did you mean on that one? This is probably the easiest tip to implement in your life, and, and, and I, I actually implemented this one very quickly because it reminds you that um, you're on a life journey. And like all journeys, they have a beginning and they have an end. And sometimes we get so focused and, and so tunnel visioned into what's happening now, we forget about our journey. We forget that, you know, this this problem, what are we what are we doing getting so upset and distressed about it? Why are we putting so much emphasis on something that's just a part of our life? It isn't our whole life. With any one problem, it's not your whole life. It's if you lose your job, that's a part of your life. Or maybe a relationship breaks up, that's one part of your life. We have many aspects to our life. And we have a whole journey to go on. We have to be very careful that we, we look at our life as the big picture. And then when you look at your life in the big picture aspect, you see how um, problems are just a little pothole in the road. They're not, it's not the end of the world. Exactly. You know, I sometimes say to myself, well, if this problem is pretty rough, but I'm still alive, I have food on the table, you know, I start looking at, okay, what am I grateful for? You know, I'm grateful for this. I'm grateful for that. And then as I start to say what I'm, you know, have an attitude of gratitude and start saying that, then those other problems are like, okay, this is, this is an issue that I have to deal with, but I'm so fortunate that all these other things are, are in good shape, you know? Now you describe problems in three different categories. So could you kind of tell us about those three different categories? Well, actually, the categories come from Stephen Covey, um, and he is, um, he's a brilliant author, and he's written a lot of books that are business-related. Uh, I don't know if you've read any of these Oh, yeah, books. Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, yes. of course, of yes. course, yeah. But because it's business-related, a lot of people who aren't in business don't tend to read him. And it's, it's, there's a lot of information in there, and, um, but it, uh, and some of the stuff is just amazing. But uh, it, is, it is a long read, and that can be sort of something that people may not have time for. And what I've done is I've taken his best tips and best ideas and put, put it into um, the No Problem book in, um, in, in, in my um, simplified, um, in my own words. And he talks about all problems. Um, so the, having, the direct problems. So just... Kind of give us real quickly um, an example of each, like a direct problem would be what? Well, he talks about direct problems as problems that involve your own behavior. Okay. So things like um, if you're unhappy, if you've got a bad temper or bad habits, um, if you procrastinate. And he says that uh, these problems are called direct because you have direct control over them. You have 100% control over solving them. Now, that doesn't mean you, you have to solve them yourself. Um, you may need help solving them, but it's up to you to get the help. 
it's up to you to take the, the initiative to do what you need to do to overcome those problems. And that's why he calls them direct, because you actually have 100% control over them. Okay, and then you have the indirect problem. And how is now, that? The indirect problem, yeah, these are the ones you would deal with a lot, with your mediation and with um, the legal problems that you come into divorce and um, other business sort of issues. And that's when you're dealing problems with other people. That's why they're called indirect. So you cannot control other people, as we know. You can't control what someone else does. But you do have some influence. And um, the influence you have, and he says that um, you cannot change another person. You can only influence them through changing yourself. And that's really important because sometimes we have to know how to deal with people. We have to know how to change ourselves when the other person won't change. And the best advice that I've ever had, and I, I live by this, is when he says, first seek to understand, then to be understood. And I have, I have to tell you, I've been married for over 10 years and it works. Yes. <laughs> and, and yeah, you it can... works because I'm happily married and I use that motto every day because if I'm upset with my husband, the first thing I do is try to understand why he did what he did. Exactly. And then, and then, and then, then I turn hopefully. around and yeah. yeah, once he's told me what his thought pattern was, he, he's, he's happy to listen to me. But yes. I think what couples do is they just lash out at the other person when they do something wrong without trying to say, hey, why did this person do this? Like, is it something that, that I, um, you know, I've said or is it something that I did that, that made them feel that they would have to act this way? Because with every problem, there is one thing in common that every single problem in your life has, and that's you. Yes. So when you realize that, the first person I look at is myself when I have a problem. I ask myself, what did I do? What didn't I do? What did I put up with? Or what was I thinking that caused this problem? Yes. And really, when you do that, when you own the problem and look at what was my role in this, the solution, I have, I have always found a solution to my problems, always. Yes. What part of it is me is the question to ask, which I always ask yes. myself, too. And the only other thing I would add to that is, in because being an attorney and being one that teaches negotiation, when you have an indirect problem, you can change yourself and you can also try and negotiate for change. I'll do this exactly. if you do this. So there are yes. other options, yes. but you're not going to believe this. We are out of time. Do you believe how quick that went? Oh. Unbelievable. So I'll have to come That's out to right. Australia and visit. <laughs> yes, love to see you. Okay, well, thank you so much. And we will just ask you for, to give your website. Yes, um, it's available on Amazon.com. Uh, um, copies of the book are on there. It'll be out um, in stores around Christmas, and it's um, noproblembook.com. Okay, noproblembook.com, and the name of the book is No Problem, How to Focus on Solutions. Thank you so much for joining us, Elizabeth, all the way from your beautiful down-under country. Thank you, uh, Mari. Hopefully we'll see you here soon. Yes, okay. <laughs> Thank you. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. I'm Mari Frank. Join us every Monday morning at 830 right here on KUCI and visit our website at conflicthealing.com. And also write us emails and you can look at who is coming up and listen to archived interviews. And we're in a time of the world that we really need peace and new ways of collaborating. So please write us whatever you want to and give us good ideas for our show. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.
The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.